Broadcasting live from the Campbell Student Union Center at Buffalo State, this is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Here's your host, Evan DePasquale. Welcome back to The Blitz of Hour 2 on 91.3 FM WBNY. 91.3 FM WBNY is Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I'm your host for Hour 2, Evan DePasquale, and as per tradition this semester, we've invited a Buffalo State athlete or coach on, and today, on very short notice, we had Buffalo State head volleyball coach Maria Roberts, and welcome into the show. Hi, thanks, Evan. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, one thing I want to ask is, this is what was this into, this first season like for you and the players because they weren't able to have the 2021 season because of COVID. What did it mean to you and for the players to finally have a quote unquote almost like normal season? Yeah, I mean things definitely wasn't a hundred percent normal because we were still in masks early, but I think the overall feeling was just everyone was happy to be back. Um, that 2020 year off was really rough um I think the girls really really missed it so it it was kind of a new start for everyone it was a a, a weird for me to get back into the swing of things a little bit where for the girls I you know I had two sets of classes that had never been through a preseason before so kind of getting a ton of girls it was over close to 15 girls all on the same page of how to be in season was a lot of work (laughs) <laughs> so it, correct me if I'm wrong this is the first time since what the 2013-14 season that you um like were able to make it into the SUNYAC playoffs yeah. right what like what did it mean to finally like kind of just sort of get over that hump and be able to you know make a make a postseason run yeah it was 2014 was our last time um and it just meant the world to me because making postseason is is the goal you know trying to win a conference championship is always the goal. Um, and I knew we had a ton of really good talent this year and a lot of young talent. So really looking forward to the future of the program. But I think the girls were really excited. Um, and I know I was definitely excited, but it definitely means a lot to get back to that top six. Now you, you talk about like winning championships. I see in your um, on your resume that in 2013 – you won the you were SUNYAC champions like what was that like winning a championship for the SUNYAC it's still one of my top five favorite moments of my life um it's it's the best feeling in the world and I actually blacked out for a lot of the last fourth set I was like holding my team manager's hand she wasn't even taking statistics anymore um it was it was awesome but I remember looking at the girls especially my I always tell the story my one DS Chelsea Moore my libero she I I just knew we were gonna win it because I just looked at her and she was just keeping everybody super calm she's like girls we're good we're good you know everyone just focus on this next point and I was like these girls have it but uh it was an incredible moment not just for the girls because they put so much work into it I think it was just for me it was an incredible moment for the institution for the department because volleyball had never won a conference championship before had never had an NCAA playoff berth before um so it was just really it felt really great to make history what was that like being in the NCAA tournament it was uh, it was amazing um so because of how where we're situated 
we always will end up shooting out to the Midwest. So they placed us at Calvin, which Calvin is always top five in the country. So we literally got placed in the hardest regional in the country, um, which was an amazing experience because Calvin, in terms of facilities, how they run things, their procedures, it, it was just next level. I mean, the girls really got like the red carpet treatment and they really enjoyed that. But if we were placed in the New York State Regionals, I think we were competing then for a regional championship. Yeah. So also in your Buffalo State Athletics bio, it mentioned that you played at Baldwin-Wallace College yes. as for four years, and you were a standout middle hitter there. Yeah. So can you talk about your impact as a player and that how that has transitioned to your impact as a coach? Yeah, so I just kind of, you know, talked a little bit about Midwest Volleyball. Um, Midwest Volleyball is just really, really good volleyball. So a majority of the teams I played, whether in conference or out of conference, were all nationally ranked teams. So I was just playing a, a really high level of Division Three volleyball all the time. Um, and I think that that really made me the player who I was. I really loved playing teams that were better than me. I liked, you know, learning from people across the net. That was awesome. Um so when I, I took the job over here in, at Buffalo State and I saw the potential of the athletics department, the school, the location, you know, I just really changed the type of player that we were bringing in in terms of skill level, things like that. So definitely like the where I came from at BW definitely helped for me into, I think, the coach that I am today. It was an, it was an awesome experience. Loved it there. Yeah, I'm a head, Buffalo State head volleyball coach Maria Roberts in studio with us. Now, one thing that I learned from uh, one of your one of your players, Valley Ryan, happens to be a journalism major, and uh, I helped her out with a, a story that she was doing for a class, and it was about the story of uh, Monica Simkova, yeah. and you know that all like a bunch of other programs around the country rallied around her. Just what did it mean for to see your girls being able to rally around her, even though they probably maybe they knew her, but maybe they didn't know her? Yeah, um, that that situation with Monica is, is close for me because I'm really close with the head women's volleyball coach at UB, Scott, and his wife, Joan, has actually been a volunteer coach for our program for five years. So um, I consider them you know, they're some of my closest friends. They actually live like a mile down the street from us. Um, we have sons that are similar ages. So we spend a lot of time together. So Scott was actually at my house the other night watching UFC fighting with my husband. Um, and so Scott and I are just always talking volleyball. Like I go to UB practices and learn, and that's a lot of professional development for me. I, I've seen Monica play. I've worked with Monica at UB camps and she was just, she was, a you know, she's a great person. Um, and just to have something like that hit so close to home where, you know, one day this girl is perfectly healthy and the next day she's fighting for her life and has to lose her, her legs. It's like I consider UB obviously like a sister school. So um, it felt great that we could raise some money for her and help her in, you know, this this fight of what she's going through and get her prosthetics and the medical help that she needs because that's a lot of money to, you know, to go down that road of, of a lifestyle. Now, do you feel like that this is now trying to retrace back to just like coaching and the fact that you used to coach or excuse me, you used to play, does that kind of like help you relate to the players uh, 
you know, as, as a coach, like you understand like the things that they're trying to do, the things that they're going through, like how does the fact that you used to coach now kind of helps you out, um, you know, down the line? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when I was younger, <laughs> I used to, you know, tell them a lot more about my experience in college and I try to do that a little bit that I can, but obviously now it's like, oh my gosh, what, 13 years that I don't even want to think about it, but I think I've been graduated for 13 years. But I mean, a lot of the same, I, I, you know, a lot of the things that they're going through, I went through, um, how to balance school, um, travel, academics, you know, friendships, all that good stuff that comes with being a student athlete, the benefits of being a student athlete that like we preach to them. Um, but I absolutely have to say, like, I have zero experience and have just the most empathy for these girls, all the athletes that have gone through a pandemic, because I think I know that if I was in their situation, it would have just absolutely have destroyed me to lose a season. Um, even if I was in high school or club and I got those things taken away from me, like I, I, I lived for volleyball. Volleyball is a reason that like I went to college. So um, it would have been really tough. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys just finished up your little spring season that you yeah. guys had going on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you played a tournament as well. Yeah. We get one day to play. Yeah. Okay. Can you kind of talk about that tournament and how that went for your team? It was phenomenal. Um, really, really excited. I'm really, really excited about the fall, even though I never want to wish my summer away because I am like, you know, addicted to the sun and I love the summer so much. Um, it was awesome. We played four teams. We, I think when we lost two sets, three sets out of, and we played pretty much every team, three sets. Um, and the first the first game we lost was to Roberts Wesley and who's D2 and it was the first match of the day. So it was just, you know, I think the girls just like getting their bearings and, and put pulling pulling it all together. But um, the improvements that we saw on court from every single person, every little issue that we had in the fall was not an issue today. And it's just it's amazing to just see everything coming together. Um you know, we, we like to run a really fast offense. So that takes a lot of time for setters to learn how to do that. And on the flip side of that, it takes a lot of time for hitters to know when and how to run that. And now they're, they're both on the same page. Um, and that really is what makes us so special. And, and then our backcourt play was, was really great. It was very, very exciting. The girls are really, really excited for the fall, as am I. Unfortunately, I have to have a baby in the middle of it. So... Hopefully I won't miss too much. <laughs> yeah. Like you mentioned, obviously, there was little things from the fall season last semester yeah. compared to going in this this little spring thing you guys had going on. Mm -hmm. What are you working on now for your team that is going to set them going forward for the next fall semester? So w the big things that we worked on is kind of what I just touched on, like yeah. really executing our offensive plays, really making our offensive options more diverse by and by that by that, I mean like more options, um, not just running the same things all the time, mixing things up, um, having more back row offensive opportunities, and then consistent defense and consistent passing. Because in the game of volleyball, if you can't pass, you're not really playing. <laughs> and limiting our errors is huge. So we did a ton of team ball control work, individual ball control work at the start of every single practice. I think the girls really enjoyed those drills. And then for them moving into the summer, it's you know it's on them. It's how, how much do they want to continue? Because they, they really – 
dove in hard with strength and conditioning this semester and they can see how that correlates on court and how much more power they have. So at our end of the season meetings with all of them, you know, every single one of them came in and said, like, I intend to work out throughout the summer continuously because I know how important it is for me to be a good volleyball player. So hopefully, you know, they do those things and they come in ready to go in the fall. Maria Roberts here in studio with us. So one thing I remember when we did, when I, I did 10 questions with one of your athletes, Liz Schulteis, and she's actually, she came on the show with us and she signed the autograph board, the, the highest one you can see. Oh, I see it. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I asked her, like, do, does she have a favorite between um, you and Adam, Coach tough OB? Tough question. Tough question. <laughs> do you have a favorite athlete that you've coached or worked with? I never, I, I, I don't like to say I, ha- I favorite players. My um, my college coach did that. But uh, so currently, no. But in the past, um, I have a few girls that just really stand out as being just not because they were the best player necessarily, but because they were just um, – Oh my gosh, a program kid, which means they were very, very invested into the game, into the school, into the department. Um, yeah, so I do have a, I do have a few, and I, and I keep in touch with all those players, and they just, you know, they're, I consider them friends now, and they love to hear about the program and give back. So when you, so with recruiting, how much like are you more so focusing on trying to find like a lot of Western New York kids, or are you more so like trying to just look everywhere to find um, to find new recruits for the next season. I think it's a balance. Um, it depends on the talent in the area. In 2020, I actually brought in a ton of Western New York kids. Um, this incoming freshman class, nobody's from Buffalo, so um, I've been also trying to really. Um, tap into the Long Island market a lot more. Um, Long Island has really good volleyball, so I'm excited. I have two freshmen coming from Long Island, and with Angelina, it's three girls total from from Long Island. So that's exciting. It really just depends on, one, what positions that we're looking to bring in every year um, and, you know, what who we find and who we like. Who are you looking to be, like, to step up and be the big leader this year? Oh, my gosh. There's so many of them because you need leadership in every single position. Um, you know, volleyball, everyone likes to probably come in here. I'll coach it and be like, my sport's the ultimate team sport, right? You probably get that all the time. I like to say volleyball is the ultimate team sport. You really can't, cause you can't touch the ball twice in a row, right? You literally can't like take the ball from one end of the court to the other end of the court and, and score. You have to, someone has to pass, someone has to set you, someone ha- and then you need someone to execute kind of a thing. Um, so there's everyone I'm looking for, you know, everyone to step up. And that's been a big part of like our culture building this semester is people not relying on the person next to them what to remind them about something or to do something or take action in something as everybody let's step up to the plate. And um, I think we, we definitely did that. So has there ever been a time that you've like gotten so invested in a game that you're just like, put me and I want to get on the court right now? I learned that really early on in coaching. Um, I think it was my first year as an assistant here, which was 2009. So, yes, I'm ancient. Um, oh, stop it, honey. <laughs> Not as ancient as TSR. <laughs> yeah, TSR is ancient. Yeah. Um, I I just remember thinking, 
I can't do, I can't go on the court and do anything. All I can do, and that, and I was an assistant at the time, so I really didn't have like a ton of say other than giving my opinion. I wasn't putting in the lineups. I wasn't um, calling timeouts. I'm like, all I can do is just coach them the best that I can and hope that they execute and, and do what they're supposed to do. And that was really hard for me because as a middle, I was always off for about two and a half plays because I'd be the serving middle. Um, but as soon as I was running on the court, I knew what I needed to do and that I could make a difference. Um, and I just can't do that. So, <laughs> so yeah, so it's really hard. I mean, the most I, I can do, like I said, is coach them, you know, um, prepare them. And coaches like to say we win points by calling strategic timeouts. So I can call a strategic timeout or make a, a hopefully a, a good substitution. What is a strategic timeout? So a lot of times we'll use that for if another team um, server gets on a bit of a serving run. A lot of times you find that if you call a timeout when they're in a serving run and we're not passing well or executing well and they have to take that two-minute timeout break, you kind of it's called freezing the server. And then there's a lot of times where then when they come back to serve again, they'll miss their serve. Now, one thing that I like to do is like – I for me when I watch the Olympics, volleyball is like one of my favorite things yes. next to like swimming and basketball. Probably okay. volleyball is my number three. And it was my second favorite sport to watch while I was in high school. Love that. Um but like do you ever try to use like any of the beach volleyball game or any like um Olympic volleyball to kind of use like, oh, this would be like something that we can use for our team. Do you use any of that? I love watching volleyball. I mean, it's obviously one of my favorite sports to watch. Beach is a totally different game, um, especially two per- I mean, it's two person. Mm-hmm. And the strategy, the passing, that the weather elements is pretty crazy. But I mean, you could pick up maybe some different shots, things like that. Um, indoor Olympic volleyball is just an incredible level, right? And those women are so strong. They are so talented. Um, they're hitting the ball hard. Um, but whenever I watch volleyball, I mean, I'm like a division one junkie in the fall. So I try to watch as much D one as I can. And I mean, no matter what, when I'm watching volleyball, I'm watching and seeing what can I learn? What could I try to implement? Things like that. Have you ever worked with Matt Anderson? I have never worked with Matt Anderson. Well, Matt Anderson's still playing professionally, so he's not in the, even in the area. He doesn't even live here anymore. Oh, okay. Fun fact, he went to my high school. Did he? Or my, yeah, middle school. I went to West Seneca. West Seneca, yeah. yeah. He's amazing. Amazing. It's just it's amazing to have like the best volleyball player in the world come from Western New York. It's so cool. Men's volleyball in Buffalo is really, really, really good. Um, so we have a lot of guys from this area that will play high-level D1. So, yeah, Matt's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I ended up meeting him. I believe my eighth grade year. Yeah, at West Seneca was High he School. huge in eighth grade? Oh, <laughs> huge! He's, he was huge. Um, I got to hold the bronze medal. Oh my god, that's so yeah, cool! So I do have a, I do have a photo of me and him, and I have a picture that's signed by him. So that's he was awesome. really cool. And I'm pretty sure he grew up or like not even three minutes away from my house. Yeah, one of our alumni. Um, what is really their families are really good friends of the family, so she knows the family really well. Matt and I are the same age, though. Oh really? Um, yeah, we're both. 35 30 he's I think he's either exactly the same age we graduated high school in 05 or maybe he's one year younger yeah I know I graduated in 05 and like the freshmen coming in in 2023 um were born in 05 so it's it's terrifying to think about when you think about it that way (laughs) 
I was, I mean, I, I, I was going to say, does it make you feel old that I was like, I was six in 05? But when you said yes. that there are, <laughs> I was going to say, when, I mean, I, I feel old when I'm around like kids that are freshmen in high school and they were born That's in 07. I'm still 18. I'm saying in high oh, school. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but you well, treat I, us the, like kids. I'm the age of a high school. I know. I, I do treat you guys like kids. But, um, you know, we wanted to talk about you're obviously married to um, Sean Roberts, who's a head trainer Uh-oh. here at Buffalo State. Um, I feel like Harrington should take this over because he definitely knows more about TSR right. than I do. Because I, all I know about TSR is just the one experience we had with 10 <laughs> questions where he was absolutely hilarious. All right. So uh, I'm assuming you ended up watching that 10 questions. I did, yeah. What was like the funniest moment that you ended up? I think when he video. was making fun of you. <laughs> which, which, I mean, okay, so which part? Like, there was probably, like, 15 of them. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, you should have seen what he was saying before we oh, started. I can only imagine. Oh, my we goodness. Have like a, we have a, probably a four- to five-minute B-roll of really? just me and him going at it in a good way. There you go. Right before we actually, you know, cut for the actual video that we posted on it, the Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Like he was nervous and and I and he he was like saying he wants to like just start laughing, and I I'm behind the camera because normally obviously ten questions that's my my show that I do, um, I mean not anymore because obviously I'm graduating, uh, but it was like he was like I was just like come on like get some jokes out or whatever you know just like because you say you want to laugh like get some jokes and he goes all right Sean like what names say something. Name the one thing, like, the most embarrassing thing about me. He goes, name one thing, where to start. And I just, like, I really couldn't stop. I, I was, like, laughing so hard. But, He's like, got a funny personality. What's funny is I'm a really loud, outgoing person. And so I think a lot of people, when they know Sean and then they, like, meet me or vice versa, they're like, how did they end up together <laughs> in a lot of yeah. ways? But. I also like couldn't have ever married someone like me because it would just be like an, a massive power struggle. Like we balance each other out so it, so much. And what's really funny is a little insight into um, how. How like, did you two meet? Was it here? Well, yeah, we met through Buff State and we, you know, he was my the athletic trainer for um, women's volleyball and everything. And I always thought Sean was funny. And um, in college when I was an athlete, I used to like love to hang out with the athletic trainers and. So when I got the head job here, I would always like pop in there once a day and do like the crossword with them and everything like that. But I remember it was preseason and at the, we were both single and it was preseason. And my one assistant goes, let's play 10 questions with Sean Roberts. And we were eating lunch together. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because I learned a lot about him doing that. So it's funny that, you know, your experience with Sean is 10 questions. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And then, you know, it just we just became good friends and. You know, the rest is history. Do you have just your favorite Sean Roberts moment? Like, what is this, like, the tip of the iceberg? Like, that makes me laugh a lot. Yeah, just anything. I love when he gets frustrated about something that I find hysterical. And it's just, like, there's no reason for him to be that frustrated. Like, Sean does not use – he's not a tools guy. Okay, so if he can't fix it with athletic training tape, he's not fixing it. You know what I mean? I think he's like he's slowly been better at it since we've had a house for several years now. But uh, I like to then laugh when he's struggling and he gets really upset that I'm laughing and it just makes me laugh um, really more. But he does have some incredible one liners that um, 
absolutely just I love 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 so and they just come out of nowhere and then I I, I think it's the funniest thing in the whole entire world does yeah. he work with the volleyball team I don't remember what's I know he does he hockey does lacrosse, lacrosse hockey and... yes he does he is okay. he is my trainer I've been trying to get him off my team um it was it was better in the <laughs> beginning but as the longer you guys have been married it's just like get get away from me I already yeah, seen you enough five years and it's not even that because um the my athletes love him yeah. um and he likes the sport of volleyball, which is always good. But the one year he didn't do volleyball, which was 2013, um, we won the conference championship. So I, I said to him, I think you're my curse. I can't be sure, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when I first met Sean, he was like really quiet. And I just talked to him. But like as soon as I started getting know him more, like he would throw the one-liners at me. Yeah. He would get more comfortable. He'd open right. up. Like he's not <laughs> as quiet as he once was. So like that was funny. Like Sean always gives me like. Just like a fun time to be around, like whether that's on the hockey bus or just bumping into him at hockey practice or just in general, just going to his office or whatever. Yeah. And he's always up. He's always up for anything. And so, you know, I like to pull him out of his shell sometimes and be like, we're going to go do this. And then he has a great time. So. Okay. So we have this thing and I know you said you need to get out of here by um, by 2.30 and we'll make sure of that. So we have this thing called top three that... um, We've all been doing okay. this, this, um, this like entire, like probably since we had Katie Villarini on. So, what would you say are, oh, um, and I, I don't know if you've had the time to ponder on this, but what is your top, and I've been asking this a lot, okay. what is your top three favorite, like uh, fictional characters that you'd be most excited to meet in real life? I did think about it a little. So, top three. Um, I, 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 can I say top six? Because I think I would want to meet the whole entire cast, friends of cat, or my gosh, cast of friends as they are in the show. Um, I love every single one of those characters equally. I'm a huge friends junkie. I've seen every episode probably on the upwards of like 50 times. Um, so I would love to I just would love to be in that Monica's apartment and just be a part of that gang. Do you think that Seinfeld is, do you think Friends is better than Seinfeld? You know, I like Seinfeld. I was not an avid Seinfeld watcher. Sean was a big avid, is a big Seinfeld guy. Um, I'm going to say I like Friends better because it's, it's just the show that I like better. But I think Seinfeld's an incredible show. So I'm not going to say Friends is better overall. Yeah, so my top three is, what are your top three vacation spots? Oh, all right. Well, this is easy. Italy, Greece, and I have been to Ireland a couple times, but I would say my other, any, any, anywhere else in the world on a beach. Like, get me a beach, yeah, a just beautiful a, beach. Do you have a particular favorite beach that you've been to? Um, I've been to Punta Cana. I've been to Jamaica. I feel like I haven't found my beach, my favorite beach yet. Like, I need to get to... Get a Corona. Yeah. Find your beach. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait. Um, I need to get to Turks and Caicos. Yeah. I My my family's going there. Not my, my personal family, but like my aunts and uncles are yeah. going there soon. I heard the beaches are incredible. And I want to get to Hawaii. Oh, you've never been to Hawaii? No, it's a dream spot. No, yeah. I've been a lot of people haven't been to Hawaii. That's, that's like on, a dream vacation. Yeah. That's like everyone's like end goal is to go to Hawaii once. Yeah, we were supposed to go like this time next year, but now with the new baby, I think we're going to push it off a few more years. So do you, oh, how about top three? Do you know the gender yet? 
I, mean, I do. I don't know if you want to tell I us. I can't. It's, an, it's another boy. Woo! Yeah. Evan's a good name. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Do you have top three names for the new baby? I do. We have top two. Okay. What are the top two? We like Liam. We like Logan. And we like James as a middle name. So we're we're debating on which one we're going with. That's actually uh, Tanner's middle name down uh, here. James. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a good name. Good name. <laughs> All right. Um, any anything else before we wrap up? Because I know you gotta you gotta get out yeah, of here. I have here. a couple more minutes. So, um, double D, you got uh, one. Yep. Top three pregame rituals. Oh, as a coach or as a player? Either or. Okay. Um, as a coach, I guess I don't really have any. I. I mean, there'd be certain there'd be su- certain things I was superstitious in, like I had to wear a certain pair of shoes, or this I thought that's one scarf was super lucky, or something like that. I don't really have rituals um, other than like maybe writing down, setting up my notebook specifically as to like the notes I'm gonna take. Um, as a player, I had more rituals um, in terms of like I had a, I had a very specific system for how I put on my gear. I had to put like my right foot on, the my sock, my shoe, my knee pad on first, and then I did that with my left. Well, I will say personally thank you for coming on. It was again a little short notice, but yeah. you came through and <laughs> really appreciate that you came on. Uh we'll also have you sign the autograph board. Oh, gosh, so really. that's one thing that we've been Having our guests do is sign the autograph board, and it's been a lot of fun. I'm I'm afraid that it's just gonna get. There's gonna be so much that we're gonna like have to now open and like make another autograph wall or something like that. But really appreciate you coming on, and we look forward to next season. I'll definitely, if I have the time, I'll make it to a game because, like I said, volleyball was yes. especially girls volleyball. Girls volleyball was one of my favorite sports to watch just because at Sweet Home when you face Williamsville East, those games, we would get really hyped. So I'm sure that I'm excited. to. I'll make sure to try and make it to a game uh, next season. Great. Yeah, they're so exciting. They really are. Yeah, so that has been Buffalo State head volleyball coach Maria Roberts on in studio with us. We'll take a short break and uh, we'll be back here in a few minutes. You're listening to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY. He goes back to that key fourth down conversion from around the 40 yard line that they're able to hit Woods on the left sideline. This is Terrence West. Penalty markers fly. As he is brought down, and we have a loose football, and picking it up is Jerry Hughes. It is ruled a touchdown. Now we got to see what the penalties are. So that was back in 2014 on uh, November 30th with the when the Buffalo Bills faced the Cleveland Browns. Jerry Hughes' first ever. NFL touchdown, and uh, it ended up being a a big play. Just um, I I just I remember that game because like um, I just remember that season just being really weird. And let me tell you, Jerry Hughes did he? I think he stripped the ball. Yeah, he stripped the ball. Realized that he wasn't down. The ball was loose, and it just went by him. And it was a clear touchdown. And the Bills ended up winning the game over the Cleveland Browns, and 
what were your guys's um reactions obviously we went over in the first segment on um the jerry hughes signing with the houston texans so tanner saunders double d in studio with us um they were here for hour one um excuse me uh for at the start of the hour but you know we're here and let me tell you it was a little bittersweet the jerry hughes um him signing somewhere else so what were your guys's thoughts on jerry hughes uh now being a member of the houston texans I mean, it was kind of sad, I thought, because he's been a Bill pretty much all the time that I started uh, watching football. You know, I started watching in 2011, and then he came over not too long after that. But I've pretty much, you know, grown up my whole football life with him being on the Bills. So to, so to see it finally come to an end, you know, it hurt a little bit. It's, it was unfortunate to see, but that's just the way the NFL works. It's a business, and obviously we've upgraded tremendously at the pass rush position, you know, this offseason, bringing in Vaughn Miller. You've got the young bucks that, you know, need to get some playing time sooner or later with Epinesa and Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham and all them. So, you know, it's, that's just how the NFL works, the changing of the guard. Obviously, you know, thank you very much, Jerry, for all your contributions to Buffalo, you know, on and off the field throughout the years. But that's just the way it works. But, you know, Jerry Hughes will always be a bill as far as, far as I'm concerned. He may be playing for Houston along with the Mario Addison, funny enough, but he'll always be a bill to me. I, uh, I, I was really sad. I didn't like seeing the message they put out saying that, you know, he's appreciative to Bill's Mafia and all the coaches and all the staff. Uh, Jerry Hughes was a, a great, he is just a great player, even with his age, and he is still a dominant defensive end. Um, I I really thought there was a chance he was going to resign. I I really did. Um you know, I get we brought back Shaq Lawson and we have Von Miller now. But I just felt like his leadership and him being there a long time because now if you're looking at the player on the Bills the longest is now Reed Ferguson. Woohoo. Uh, the long snapper. Great. Uh, it, it it's going to it's going to come to an end because did you guys know that there is the the long snapper for Buffalo State football is yeah. going to be on the practice. Uh, he's going to be um, like trying out, or he's going to yeah, be with the. A, he has a tryout. Contract. Yeah, he's going to so be the Bills. It's nothing with, guaranteed. Yeah, he's going to be with the Bills for training camp. And, well, no, it's a, it's or, a tryout, so yeah. it's, not, it's not guaranteed. So yeah. he has to do it. Most likely, it's going to be a watch out, Reed tryout. Ferguson. Watch out. I'm. I mean, I love Reed, but man, I'd be all for it for a Buffalo State football player to just be on a Bills roster and play in the playoffs, potentially win a Super Bowl ring. Like, I'm all here for it. Like, and again, Cole Jenkins would have to really put in the work because, like Dan mentioned, Reed Ferguson, as of right now, is the longest tenured Buffalo Bill. And, again, he's been here for the longest time. He's, you know, played a lot of meaningful games, and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean trust him. So, if you're a guy like Cole Jenkins, who's never played in the NFL before, let alone you're just coming from a Division three college, you would have to do something immaculately impressive to really make Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean turn their head over their shoulder and go, okay, Reed, your time's up. We got this guy from Buffalo State. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it I just mean, feels weird to say, like, hey, we got this guy from Buffalo State. Not like UB. And we got this guy from Buffalo State. And you got to think, Ferguson is still only 28. He's still a young guy. I mean, it's not like 
you know. Well, he's a long snapper, so like. Right. Yeah, you can like... replace him at any time, but I I just don't think anytime soon. I don't think we've had anyone play in the NFL. The only player that we've had play in any professional sports league, at least that I'm aware of, was you know the late great Randy Smith, who is actually the all, the LA Clippers all time franchise leading scorer. But outside of that, have we had anyone go to the NFL? I don't think so. Mm, I don't think so. If memory serves me, but it would be cool. Like it'd be cool if um, there was someone from Buffalo State that made the Bills roster, or maybe even the Bills practice squad. I don't know. I mean, I I I, think I don't it, think there's any way he makes our practice squad mm-hmm. if Reed Ferguson is still yeah. on the roster. I mean, I just I don't see the fact if you are like. If you don't really carry more than one long snapper on your roster, whether that's practice squad or whatever, but you know, I mean, hey, I think that um, I hope that he gets he gets the the chance. But um, so, what were you? We talked about in the first hour, and we're getting in your opinions. Oh wait, hold on, Depot. Can we? If there's something that we need to talk about, if it hasn't already been. Like when this news broke, I I thought the first thing I thought was, man, Depot's going to be furious, and I could hear his voice in my head just shouting, "Just go away!" Did you guys talk about it in the first hour? Oh, Tom Brady, yes. signing with Fox <laughs> Sports. Yeah, that's what he did earlier because <laughs> I was talking about it. Mm. Hate yeah. it, hate it. Just... He's not going to go away. Just just be quiet. See, I didn't be know if you guys it. had talked about it already because I figured if you had, I'd probably see some holes in the drywall, the studio all in disarray. No, I'm not but... going to. You think I'm that violent where I'm going to just. You're going to break the studio. Well, yeah. no. But, well, no, the but I know you. beautiful. We're I getting it. a new board. I mean. I mean, yeah, the board, I'm not going to, but I'm still not going to break it. Yeah, I'm this not is saying, expensive. I'm not saying you're that violent. I'm just saying your disdain for Tom Brady is that much that just seeing that might have just sent you into a frenzy just even talking about it. I can't even, I can't stand the man. I really can't. He's just, uh, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I, um, Harrington's doing Harrington things again. I. I did find, uh, I know there was the question, was there ever a Buffalo State college player to play in the NFL? There's been one. Hmm. Uh, TJ Cottrell, former American football tight end. He was signed by the Minnesota Vikings as an undrafted free agent in 2004. Wow. Interesting. Man, look mm. at us. Look at Detective Double D on the case. That's good stuff. Oh, Double you're D. Triple D now. <laughs> Detective <laughs> Double D. Detective Dandale. You're Triple okay. D. Okay. So, what were your guys' thoughts to the report of a couple Bills games that have gotten leaked? The um, the game against Baltimore on Thanksgiving night, and uh, the one with Week 8, right? That's what it is, Week 8. It is Week 8, At yes. Kansas City, CBS, 425, game cannot be flexed out of that window. Um. The Baltimore Raven one, I'm not shocked because I think the Bills are going to become that like third team that's going to have like a Thanksgiving game because it's been Detroit, the Cowboys, and they need somebody to fill that last spot. And I feel like it's going to be the Bills because the production is up. Uh, they prove they can put on entertaining games, and this will be an entertaining game for sure. Um, and then the Kansas City game. I'm disappointed it's not a night game, but 
Yeah, I don't really care, honestly. I, I think it deserves to be a night game. Well, it deserves to be a night game, but maybe this can benefit us playing in an earlier time slot because the emotions and the adrenaline going into that game, you just want to play it. I'm sure Josh Allen wants to get on the field, and the sooner he can get on the field, maybe he'll, he'll play better. Maybe his mindset's better. Same with everyone on the team because, you know, when you wake up, you're like, okay, we got this game, we got this game. But you're not playing until 820, but now you're playing at 425. So maybe maybe that can benefit us. I don't know. I mean, it's a weird little the, thought. I mean, the past two night games he played in Kansas City, he played pretty darn good. Hey, maybe he plays better. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if he maybe. can play better than he did in the divisional round, then we might as well just give us the Super Bowl right on the spot. Because if he's going <laughs> to play better than he did then, oh, no, boy, no incompletions, out. no tip passes. Five rushing touchdowns, <laughs> ten passing touchdowns. Oh, yeah, it's over if he plays better than he did in the division. Looks like just... my my career Madden player. <laughs> no. So, oh, go ahead, Double D. Are we all expecting the Rams versus Bills as week one for sure? That's most likely opening. the highest projected uh, matchup that's likely to happen, yeah. So we went over in the, in the first segment um, who, with these opponents, besides obviously the ones that – have been kind of leaked already. Where do you see these, like, like time-wise, where do you see them falling? Where do you guys see the Packers game falling? It's a night game. That's a night game. Night game? You're night so game. you're so weird. I don't understand why there are girls oh, that are interested Harrington, in you. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Packers, what game? It just it's just like we're just It's a prediction. Yeah, it's pre- are we predicting one, is four. this one four or oh, nine and game. and is it and if it's a night game, is it gonna be Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night? Oh, I think Packers is gonna be Sunday night. Uh, I, I'd be I up for a Sunday see, night Packers Bills. I would love to see a December game, Packers Ooh. versus Bills. It's snowing. In mm. Buffalo too. Okay. That well, would be so cool. Yeah. To me. I, mean, I think that'd be cool. I like Dan because idea. it's both like you know, it's both like small market, cold teams that love to play in out in the snow. Allen versus Rogers. I think the first time they'll ever meet. Well, then, um, well or no, we, second time I believe. Yeah, we met in twenty eighteen. Now that I think about it, though, if you were gonna like, if it was gonna have that billing, you know, Rogers versus Allen, you know, the the student versus the the teacher. If you, I guess, if you want to look at it like that, but just the veteran versus the young gun, you'd want to. You wouldn't want to have that like late in December, would you? Because if it's snowing and all, then I mean, and coming into a game like that, you're going to expect them to just set the world afire through the air. And if you got you're dealing with a bunch of snow, that's probably not going to be the game plan. So I mean, that happened with New England, though. I mean, it snowed a little. I'm not saying it, it has to more be so like wind. blizzard. I'm not saying it has to be blizzard type snow, like the Colts game that long time ago. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm just saying, game. like you know flurries here and there make it like i don't know maybe just make like it feel the falcons colder. game yeah, yeah 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 um i don't know i think it'll be a 425 i think that's where it'll be um that's in possibility of it getting flexed the vikings already came out with it uh they said it was one o'clock um week 15 i think it was one o'clock uh the steelers game one o'clock yeah, one o'clock. No matter but. how much I like Mitch coming <laughs> back to Buffalo, <laughs> no, that's it, it's not a primetime game. That's the ultimate primetime yeah. game. Mitch Trubisky <laughs> coming back to Buffalo. The MVP versus the new MVP. Yeah, the the M the MVP in everyone's hearts versus the OG MVP. Yeah. All right, um, Cleveland. 
See, oh. now, if it were Cleveland, I think that it just it just doesn't make sense to me. If if you want to make it like a big primetime game, you play it later in the season. Yeah, Honestly. that would be for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would deserve to be a primetime game. I don't unless, either. But they always play at 1. I wouldn't be surprised that this is a 1 o'clock game as yeah. well. If it was Baker Mayfield, maybe, because there's kind of, you know, that mm. rivalry from the 2018 draft. Obviously, Mayfield, the number one pick, but I just don't think that deserves to be a primetime game. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, know if the NFL wants that either because, you know, Deshaun Watson, it doesn't matter how far away we get out from, you know, his situation. That's going to be attached to They've it. been talking about him being suspended until next year. That would make sense to me. Do like a Calvin Ridley thing. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm saying that like he won't get his suspension till next year. Oh, oh. Mm. he'll be able to play this season, and then next year that's when he'll be suspended. I feel like they would like. I I just think they have to do a whole year suspension. If right. they gave Ridley a year, they better give Deshaun Watson more than just a I was slap say, on the wrist. They should give DeAndre Hopkins a year. What? what? Just for Pete? No. For for performance enhancers, Evan, every NFL player, not every NFL player, but a lot of NFL players. And most of the time, it's drugs. only four four games. All right, we've got to be quick with this. Okay. Uh, we already have Titans, Monday night, Jets. One o'clock. One o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I have. Patriots. One's one o'clock. The other one's like a night game. Yeah, one's going to be one o'clock. One will be a night game. That's what we had, too. Yeah. Miami. One. We pi- I picked mm. the 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 road game to be a night game because it I felt be. like that people would want to be at the night game in Miami. Uh, Baltimore, we already know. Cincinnati, I think, is easily. You think that's a one, one o'clock? One o'clock? What? I think they're going to digress and they're not going to do anything. No. What? Oh, well, I, I, I can't, can't, I can't agree with that. Even even if you look at it right now, I don't think it's a primetime game. Dan, you don't think that the defending AFC champs against the Buffalo Bills is in a primetime game? No, because I don't think they'll put them in a primetime slot. But like, but like, why don't you think they'll put them in a primetime spot? Just, I don't you think, think you Joe think Burrow's as good as we think. I think that they're think overrated. Th- their defense isn't good. Their defense it's is just, the reason they won the Super Bowl. It, <laughs> it's just, I don't think they're going to say, oh, we really need this. I just don't. I don't see it. I see this just prime time. All right. That's an interesting take, Dan Dale. Chicago. Night game, no. Uh, one, probably one o'clock. One, one or four twenty five. No, I don't see If they give that game a four twenty five, I'm not watching it. They gotta <laughs> give something well, a four twenty five. I mean, obviously I think it is gonna be I mean, obviously they had to get four twenty fives, but this is not gonna be four twenty five. Both Chicago and Detroit are gonna be one o'clock kickoffs. Well one Detroit's gonna be a one o'clock for me. Sure. Rams Detroit. were already predicting that they're gonna be week, um, one. week one. And obviously we already have Chiefs. And then the Jet, Jets one o'clock. I honestly box. see the 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 New England home game being the primetime game. They like making that the primetime game. And then the 1 o'clock game for the Jets. And then Miami I see as the, the night game. I could see a 425 that would, with Miami. Yeah, 425. But I also see, I see that uh, home Jets will be the last game of the season because they've been doing that. All right. Um, now we got through that. 
Oh, um, wait, speaking of the Miami Dolphins, we'll just rapid fire this one. We, I'm assuming we all saw that clip of Tua throwing it deep. He underthrew it. He underthrew it. He had to stop. Tyreek had to field it like a punt. <laughs> he underthrew it. You, do you see Tyreek Hill coming back to the ball? Yeah, that's what I meant when I said he had to field it like a punt. He had to turn yeah. around and... Like it wasn't he good was, he at wasn't all. like so he's coming this way. He had to like go from his left to his right to get the ball. It was Gra- embarrassing. Like who you can't the, put you can't put the rocket emoji on there. Who at the Dolphins social media team looked at that and said, "Yep, this is going to look good. This is going to go over well." That was well. Let's probably the only good throw to have made the entire practice. Yeah, and we're considering that a good throw. It wasn't even good. <laughs> I captioned it. On my Instagram story, um, picked off by Trey White. <laughs> picked <laughs> off by White. Um, so, Tyreek Hill did actually say one of the toughest white, uh, quarterbacks yeah, he faced was Trey. Yep. He mentioned what? Jalen, Trey. Trey. Uh, um, it was... Um, I can I, respect Tyreek Hill um, the, that he says that Trey White is one of the best corners. I can't respect DeAndre Hopkins for him saying that Trey White is not one of the best corners in the NFL. Just we don't, putting that out there. We don't care what you have to say. Enjoy the first six <laughs> weeks on the couch there, buddy. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. I was like, excuse no, you. No, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre um, Hopkins. So, well, Evan probably will be on the couch watching yeah, games. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask is, um, do you guys think Jerry Hughes is going to be up on the Bills Wall of Fame? If he's not, I'm throwing a riot. I, I think he will. I think you just had to wait. You're, it's like, you're not, like, for me, I would probably put Eric Moulds before um, I'd put anybody else. Eric Moulds and then, or even well, Cornelius, Cornelius Bennett. Cornelius Bennett, too. I honestly would probably, Cornelius Bennett, first off, he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. That's my opinion. So does Steve Tasker, but that's another story for another time. But, yeah, I think that if you put Cornelius, I think that if, I think the new stadium, instead of having the Wall of Fame be on the end zones, they should. It should be like a a two row ring of honor. I I feel like it should be like what the Yankees have, which is kind of like a Park. memorial, uh, where they have in the middle of the stadium. I I know it's not going to be in the middle of the stadium because that's the fifty yard line, but um, just some like dedication, like Hall of Fame type. Monument Park, like they had, like yeah, that's... that would work. Yeah, I I would not have any problem with putting Jerry Hughes there in the wall, but I think that there's so many. Like I would put Kyle Williams, I put Fred Jackson way before I would put uh, Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes has a long way to go before I had ever consider him as. And also, you got to think about Josh. He's the his number might be retired. Diggs' his number might be retired. Mm. Trey White's going to be like th- there's mm. there's so many people. I'd out say there. the only three Bills right now that have a shot of having their number retired is Josh Allen. Like that's not even a debate. I would think if yeah. Josh Allen's playing at the same tra- trajectory he's at now, his number will easily I be don't, retired. I I don't think anybody's numbers get retired until they make or win a Super Bowl. Well, if you're retiring like. All these other numbers. I think Josh Allen's number could be retired. Even if Josh doesn't win one, just the fact that he's pretty much already broken all of Jim Kelly's yeah. franchise passing like, I think Josh should be is like to do it. If the, okay, if this current Bills team wins the Super Bowl within the next four to five years, the three players that have options of having their number retired, in my opinion, would be Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, 
Tredavious White, and you could probably mix in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Not saying all those guys would have their numbers retired, but I would I would say that but like those are just players that you I would, would say that Poyer and Hyde will get up on the wall. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Deion Dawkins, maybe maybe I think he I think he would he'll have get to, on the he would wall. have to make an All Pro. I I just I I the only people that I see that make get numbers retired are Josh and and Diggs. All right, we got to go. Um, we have they, to go. Yeah, oh. it's it's uh oh. it's um three o'clock. Dang man, two fifty-seven. Come on, we gotta end at we gotta end at Come on. the. Am I? Hey, I'm the one that has the job at Odyssey. Okay, Evan. This is our You're show. also an old soul. Do we just want to keep naming statements? <laughs> All right, Evan, you can wrap it up. All right. Psych. <laughs> I, c- I have the power, so I can just. He has power. He, so. he wouldn't ever meet my mic. I've done it before. It's inevitable. It. Why would you do it, though? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just saying. You're but. not going to meet my mic. Okay, he muted my mic. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll be back here on Monday, and we'll be doing pick the bills all of us will be picking um the schedule release will be coming out tomorrow um and looking forward to that also um battle of the bands wbmy is hosting battle of the bands again and uh, if you did not hear from the last time that we were on uh on monday battle of the bands is uh something that wbny has been doing for many many years so um definitely go out and support the Battle of the Bands and all the local shows that are going to be on there. It will be, it is actually tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Doors open at 7. It is at the Ninth Ward at um, Bayville on Delaware Avenue. Um, uh, doors open at 7. So get your tickets. Tickets are 10 bucks for all ages. That's going to do it for this episode of The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Tune in for more great music here on 91.3 FM WBNY, Buffalo's original alternative station since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee.